You have the same problem I have. If I try to do Jamaican, it comes out Irish. Was that it starts Irish? sounding? It starts you know getting a little too Irish. Short. Let me just say, Too Short is fucking <laughs> clowning me right now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> legend Too Short is in the building. Show, man. I'm enjoying. Yo, yo. H to Homer, I idiot, J jackass, King, King K, King of my castle. L for the literous. Some he said M M N N is for New York City. Oh, oh, ostracized, ostracized, oppression. P plague, you're the plague on my family, bitch. Anyway, <laughs> short dog. You did, did get a little Irish there. <laughs> did I, I? I flipped it. Well, listen, I can't be. If I'm Irish, then you're Jewish because too short. You are the yeah, only rapper to ever make a Hanukkah song. So congratulations and Mazel Tov to you on that. This yeah, is we do. Too short owns this record. This is why we can play it. Facebook. Maybe if, if you talk enough thought. over it, then. Yeah. Maybe I'm it so won't mad get at you. Let me just tell you why I'm so mad at you. Because not only is this song dope, a dope Hanukkah song, I attempted, I want to say attempted, it will be out next year, but I attempted to bring in a Hanukkah song for this year. Mm-hmm. Dope record with my new group, the Co-Defendants. We had it all together. We had all these dudes singing on it. It was all ba-ba-ba, bang-bang-bang. And I ran out of time because Hanukkah is next week. And I just, you know, it's one of those things where you like look at your schedule and you're like, oh, I got time. I got time. It's August. I got time. It's September. And then, and then it became December and it's a week away. Did we somehow lose search? I think we lost search. He just got a mute button now. Hi, back. There you're back. Your boy is back. Anyway, so um, how did that record come about, brother? Tell me how you, Short Dogowitz, because that, that people don't really like, know your last name oh. is Short Dogowitz. <laughs> Dogowitz. <laughs> so, look, really, man, uh, it's really like a, a TMZ thing. So, at the time, and even to this day, kind of sort of, I've always had like a love hate relationship with TMZ where they love you when it's good, you know, put you on something, get a bunch of clicks. And when, you, when you're out there fucking up or whatever, they put you out there and get a bunch of clicks. Either way, you know what I'm saying? So um, either way, it's like it, it just it, it keeps you out there a little bit. So I did a favor for them, and we did like a, another version. It was sort of like a um, kind of more like jokey. And then we liked it and we went back in and made it a little more serious. And that's, that's what you, that's what everybody hears now is the one where I, I really went in there and I was like, I'll make this like it's a real song. And I didn't know it would go past the TMZ platform, but it, it lives. Oh, it definitely lives. And, and let me tell you so how, how much it lives. I reached out to Matis Yahoo for this record that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to his manager, Brian, and that, and besides him showing, you know, me love, he goes, Yo, did you ever hear the two short record? <laughs> like, damn, Matis Yahoo's on his dick. Like, that's crazy. The, the mega Jew Man. reggae artist, Matis Yahoo, knows about that. I want to talk to you, obviously, not only because I love you like a brother, and, and I can go into stories upon stories upon stories of how you looked out for third base, but um, I want to really go back, go back, go back, because one of the misnomers I found out in doing my research is you're not originally from Oakland. You're from South Central originally. You're from L.A. 
born in LA, moved to Oakland when I was 14. Wow. But, but I, I you said that on so many songs and I, so many interviews, I live it, but it's, it's Oakland. Like the whole hip hop, the whole too short, it is 100% Oakland. Yeah, because how old were you when you did Born to Mac? I mean, that album came out. You weren't much m older than 14 <laughs> when you put that album out. I would say um, Born to Mac. No, I look young as I look young as fuck, man. But I was probably <laughs> I was like 20. Okay, so only I mean, so six years. But that album to me truly, I mean, it was Bay Area hip hop. It was the so, first inclination I, I of what it was. Rap. I did not even, I had barely just heard my first rap record when I lived in LA, like Rapper's Delight came out and I was 14 years old when Rapper's Delight came out. I moved right when that record, 1980, 79, 80, that's when I moved to Oakland. So when I'm, my whole Oakland experience is me hearing hip hop and falling in love with it and saying to myself, oh shit, I think I can do this. And then actually doing it. And from the age of 14, where I just played around and tried to see if I could flow. Two years later, I'm doing house parties and rocking crowds, and I'm figuring out I'm figuring out how to rock the mic like a whole new. I'm I'm fit. I'm official, and it just it it was just I, I really feel like that move and that music coming out and me just combining those two and becoming a man and just embracing it that that made too short. Not had nothing to do with L.A. I was in uh, I was in. Oakland. The first time I went to Oakland was 87. I was uh, a valet for Houdini. <laughs> and uh, I remember that Hammer pulled up in a, in some kind of vehicle. I think it was a Cadillac. He was he was still pumping uh, mixtapes out of his trunk. And he was this was when he was a ball boy. And uh, I told Hammer, I heard he could dance, so I wanted to battle him, and he, and he peeled off. He paid no mind to the white boy. But I remember I was there with Davey D and Kevy Kev, you know, all we were all ballers and we were there for a basketball tournament. And I remember Davey D saying, hey, there's this kid named, you know, Too Short. You know, you got to look out for him. You got to look out for him. And for me, you know, my whole thing was, well, if you're not from New York, you're not, you know, first of all, you're not an artist, let alone that could put out a record. Right. So this is 1987. So and I want to say this is how you broke my heart. <laughs> and I want to be really clear about how you broke my heart. So we put out our album and then we find out we're going on tour with you and we're opening for you in the Midwest. Uh, and it's a, and it's that typical Midwest one where it's Nebraska, Oklahoma, St. Louis, all of that. And I think there was one, I think maybe it was Silk Times Leather, Leather was the opening, opening act, Jermaine Dupree's first group. Yeah. Then it was us. And you know, I was already told early on that if a bunch of black programmers are going to play some white boys, I better know these black programmers forward and backwards. So I studied radio and records. I studied Billboard. Like I knew every program director, music director, the name of their, where they went to college, where, you know, all of that stuff. So when I got on stage, not only was I shouting out every radio station, I'm dancing my ass off. I'm, you know, doing a wop. I'm trying to freak these. Go, go white boy. Go white. Right. And we're getting some decent. Like, I think I'm really killing shit. Like, I really think I'm killing shit. Like, I'm like, I'm looking at Pete. And I'm like, yo, we're killing it. Like, okay, cool, cool. So then they say Too Short comes out. And all you did was go on stage, you walked three steps and screamed, bitch, and ah! 
And I was like, this motherfucker, <laughs> this motherfucker, this dude, what? No, and I, so I, dude, I thought it was a fluke. Every night you killed us. You bodied us every night. You broke my heart. I'm like, I don't, why am I dancing so hard? Why am I burning so many calories? This dude walks on stage, says bitch, and the crowd goes crazy. I had a an automatic magnetism. Like when I had a formula tried and true. I was a MC who my whole thing was house parties. And I did the house parties in the rowdiest hoods in Oakland, East Oakland, like the rowdiest fucking shit that they couldn't find a DJ if they wanted to, or a DJ that would come in like me who loved the music, had the fucking records and would fucking have the, and also rap. They knew I would rap too. So if you got me to be your DJ, I would rap. And I, by the time I ever got a chance to really get in front of real crowds, I had fucking worked that house party circuit. I knew how to t- take the little roughest crowd motherfuckers who would probably punch you if you didn't be like, you wait, what the fuck? Like, you know, it would be like, look, I know how to handle that shit. When I got big crowds, it was just like, what? So what I do is the formula is um, I had a rap partner named Freddie B all through high school. And we just, we did this style where you slow it down a little bit. So it's not that you're rapping slow because you can't really fucking rap. It's you're rapping slow because you're pronouncing every fucking word so you can hear what I say. Like you hear me, but I'm talking a lot of shit. So then you, it's so easy. You get to sing along with me. So when I get on stage, I'm rapping in front of 20,000 people who already know every fucking word. I could just go out there and say three words and let them say it. And the show is like, what the fuck is he doing? Like I literally just so some kind of sort of Adam Sandler kind of just sing along. And that's what it is. No, and and it was amazing to watch because I'm I'm like I'm trying I'm like I'm trying to write like <laughs> lyrics. I'm dancing my ass off, and like I remember one show we did in Nebraska where the cops or maybe the police or the security was like, "You're not going to use any of that profanity on stage." Yeah, yeah. And da 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 da. And your tour manager at the time was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah no problem." And I'm like, "Oh, I gotta see this." Like, how is he not going to say how? And you just said, I'm too short. And and then and you said, OK, we're going to go into my next song. It's called. And, and they dropped the beat. And then everybody's rhyming along. And I'm like, are you seeing this shit? <laughs> this motherfucker is not doing nothing. He's getting paid for just <laughs> recording a song three years ago and walking on stage. This guy's a genius. I'm so. I'm still doing that, by the way. Yo, dude, and I and and I experienced it again. And like, I, I we did a show together, you and I, in Vegas for this Booth 101 cl- uh, uh, jewelry line. And uh, I I was so thankful to you for you doing it. And I watched it again, twenty some thirty years later, two thousand. You're on stage, and but now you got hits. You got hits, even like, and I mean current hits. Like you were doing like your hits that would like you know blow the whistle yeah you know you you you, this it's so amazing to me short that you have continuously stayed relevant and i i say to people who are willing to listen you know it's not the strong who survives it's the flexible Mm -hmm. you know um how did 
how did you stay so flexible? How do you continue to stay so relevant? Okay, so I'm a music guy. I took music lessons at the elementary school, high school, like, you know, learning how to play instruments, mainly being a drummer. And I'm also like a music lover who long before I ever became a rapper, I had this um, habit of studying music, like funk records and whatever fucking song that I like, whatever, R&B, whatever, and just study it in a pair of headphones and just study it and listen to the instruments and just, you know, dissect the song. Every time I listen to it again, I'm dissecting it a different way, but I'm loving the music and hearing different things and just, just being able to single out every fucking thing that's going on in songs over all eras, all type of genres. And when I make music, I'm not just a rapper. I'm really fucking like from the first session, I'm not, the vocals are not gonna happen on the beat that I'm not the one who's saying yay or nay, I'm the guy. The fucking mix is not going down with a snare or a hi-hat or any sound coming in and out unless I go, yeah, I like that there. Like literally every fucking song. And if you if you mix a two short song and I'm not involved, that means I trust the fuck out of you. That means I know you you the shit. Like I it's some guys that can do that. Like, hey man, I need this one mix, these these four. And when you get it back, it's the way you would love. It's better than what you could picture. So I I don't really need that. That's super extra. If I gotta sit in on a, a good a good engineer and get the I'm all the way from the beginning of the song. The hook, who's singing the hook? How what's the, what's the hook going down? When do you fly the old with the old days when you got to take a pair of scissors and some tape and splice? Fly the hook. I was right there, forty five minutes, an hour in the studio while he's doing it. Play it back. Okay, yeah, that's right. Always, I've been that guy. So I think as the music evolves, I move from I'm rolling one sound from like coming out the late eighties to the early nineties, and then I moved to Atlanta. So that late eighties pre 95, um, you know, 90, 95 West Coast, that G-Funk, that, you know, that shit that was coming out the Bay. I moved to Atlanta, I'm all West Coast, but now I'm immersed in a different sound. They like, um, whoop, there it is, whoop, there it is, and all the, you know, booty shaking songs and all that shit kind of sound a little bit like Florida, but they got the East Coast influences too. You know, that, you know the, the Atlanta vibe back then in the 90s. And then I'm just like, I'm trying to keep my West Coast, but the South keeps seeping in. And then I meet Little John. And, you know, I'm not thinking at the moment, I'm about to change gears, turn, whatever. I'm just making music. Right. And he fucking brings a new element to everything I did that's like, it's, the beats start going faster. People start dancing to my shit. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting older, but I'm all of a sudden now I'm making dance records. I'm like, Okay, like fuck it, just go with it, and then you find yourself um, with a new formula. I got, a, I came with a new formula. Okay, I'm the OG who can literally like summons up girls' asses to just like dance. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna do this till they tell me I can't do it. <laughs> well, good for you, and and you know what? There's only three people that I can think of that are in that in that lane, um, but now you've kind of separated them. Bun B, E-40 are the two people that I think of that are close to your lane, but you are truly the triple OG that gets the asses shaken for sure. Um, but what also kind of impressed me was 
how fluid you were when the hyphy movement was so big in the Bay, but you were living, like you said, in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And then you do Blow the Whistle, which is truly like one of the best collaborations of hyphy East Coast, West Coast that's ever been made, like truly ever been made. Um, and I guess that's just a reflection of what you said, just kind of experiencing all of that in your environment. That's that's another testament to collaborating with Little John also because uh, a lot of people make beats and a lot of people produce, and he's a producer. And I think that um, all we were doing, because at the time, he that wasn't his genre. And that honestly, even though that's where I'm from, it really wasn't my niche either to be making hyphy records. And Little John was like, he did a show or something in the Bay. I was out there for whatever reason. And he's like, man, that sound, that shit they doing. He like, he fell in love with that sound. And he was like, man, I want to make records like that for y'all. So he was saying like me, E-40, he did some shit kick for Kick Sneak. He even started giving those hyphy sounding records to Ying Yang, Petey Pablo. It was that same tempo, that same vibe, even though they swing it a little different, but it was still the same Little John version of hyphy. So right. Little John's version of Hyphy is E40, tell me when to go. Too short, blow the whistle. You know, that didn't, those don't sound like Little John production, but it is. So I think that uh, in, in reality, talking to E40 at that time, we were like artists who have been well in the game. And we're saying, man, we should, you know, this Hyphy shit. It's like some little kid shit. It's like at the time, we're like, it's the little, little homie shit, teenager shit. But we like, man, we should make some records. And... You know, we, you look at the videos, look at Blow the Whistle, the video, look at Tell Me When to Go, E-40's video. The, those are the kids of the hyphy movement in those videos. They are all making records. They're all artists. They're doing their thing. But at this time, we're giving them a bigger, bigger platform to showcase the movement. We're just coming in and helping. We're not like, oh, we the OGs, give us the movement. We're literally just like giving it a boost. And, and let me tell you something, uh, you definitely, <laughs> boost is an understatement. I mean, have you checked your Spotify 2020 for this year? I was just out of curiosity. Did they send you your numbers? Yeah, yeah, I see it every now and then, but I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing good for an OG. You know, I, 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 you're being a little humble. I, I mean, really, and it's like, I think that hip hop is, um, I like to sometimes call it the blob. You can't control it, the blob. <laughs> Well said. It's all these things that that one thing I'm zeroing in on right now is the ageism that we could easily categorize a whole fucking generation as whack. And these motherfuckers are getting money. They got millions of fans. They are like fucking everything they drop is like 69 million views. And we like, oh, they're whack. How could the fuck that be whack? It is 69 fucking million views. It must be something very goddamn talented and entertaining going on there. And I think that um, it's also a beautiful thing to look at Fat Joe, you know what I'm saying? And an E-40 and a Snoop Dogg and, and fucking you see motherfuckers like Tretch just get up there and rip it and Nas is dropping albums and Jay-Z ain't never fucking failed ever. And, you know, motherfuckers is well into their 40s. P. Diddy's a celebrity. He's fucking 48 or some shit. I'm 50 fucking three closer to 54 than 53. And, you know, if it wasn't motherfucking COVID 2020, I was booked for the whole fucking year. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying, what I'm, the point I'm making is, 
the ageism in hip hop is is cool, but it's like kind of stupid because you know you wish that you could be a twenty fucking year old rapper and know for a fact that for the next thirty fucking years you are going to have the time of your life being a rapper, getting money, never need a day job, and it's going to be a hell of a ride. You would love to know that. How do you feel about 21 Savage saying that he's never heard an Andre 3000 record and he doesn't fuck with um, an outcast record? And do you well, think I, that's a little short-sighted on his part? I think of it in like 10, 10 year periods. So I, I think of it that way because when we were, when we were young hip hop and we first got a hold of SB 1200s and the Kai S 950s and all those shits and we started sampling records, like it was our job Motherfuckers was digging through the crates and looking at reference loops. We were looking at that time like a song that was 10 years old. That was old school. Admit it, right? Well, there was no school before that. It was the there was no old school because there was no school but to begin with. Give me 1988 and you're sampling a disco record. You're like, I'm just I'm on this old school shit. You kind of like, you know what I'm saying? It was I see what you're saying. 15 years ago, if you were sampling a James Brown record from the early 70s, like, oh, that's that old school shit. 20 years ago, if you sampling some Motown and some 60s shit, you're like, oh, it's old school. So we're in that in hip-hop now. We're yeah. Well, what did KRS say? You know, 40 years down the line, you could start this because we'll be the old school artists. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you're absolutely right. You know, when I was listening, you know, and I was making records, 88, 90, 91, I mean, definitely... Melly Mel and all those dudes, they were they were definitely old school and they were over. Like I didn't see them have, have any real purpose except to kind of be the old school joints that I listen to, you know, every once in a while. So I understand that. But um I, I just was curious because I, I do believe that you're right, there is this section of the culture that likes to antiquate things, right? There's somebody very similar, not Savage, who, who, by the way, I love, Young Thug said that I I've, I haven't listened to a Jay-Z album because that's old man music. Yeah, and that's you know, cool. Um, right. And I don't, I, again, I don't take anything from it because to me, Young Thug and Jay don't have a lot of correlation, right? However, no, 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 but I was going to say if a J. Cole or uh -huh. Kendrick said they never listened to a Jay-Z record, I would feel some type of way about that just because the paramount that they put on what you said first and foremost, your lyrics being heard. Like, I want to be heard. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to say lyrics that people can say back to me and they can hear. To me, that comes from an era where MCs like Nas, OC, Fat Joe, Big L, you know, Cameron, those were the MCs that to me were the archetype for the J. Coles and the Kendrick Lamars. I, have, I like to argue for you, against you, everything. I like to see all this shit. is It's hip hop. It's beautiful. Yep. That guy who comes up, he's the Kendrick, he's the J. Cole. He's a fucking student of hip hop. He can quote you fucking Jay-Z lines out the air. Dope as fuck. You like, that guy's what we bred. But what about this other guy? He comes up. He's lyrical than a motherfucker. He come from any block anywhere in America. He's lyrical than a motherfucker can ooh and ah you. He's like, ooh, ah. And he goes, no, I never really never heard no old school shit, but he's the shit. He's hip hop. I think that's just as beautiful that. I couldn't agree with you more. It could create that without having a, you know, a generational 
lineage. You can still, hip hop can still spark a fucking genius now off the internet in his own room by himself. He could be lyrical. He could be goofy. He could be whatever. He could be animated. He could be. Yeah. I mean, and, and me and me and Bun B had this argument too. And this is a positive one, not a negative one. The baby got bars. Like, if you listen to what the DaBaby is saying, that motherfucker got bars. And, it's hard. and I don't think, and I don't think he's a, a J. Cole or I mean a Jay-Z fan. I don't I don't know. I'm I'm assuming, but I mean, you know, when you think of, you know, Bop or you think of his records, even Rockstar, like that kid got bars. And you always you always recognize when a guy comes in and he finds a cadence that nobody else did before. You know, you're like, okay, you got that one. Wish I could have thought of that one. Or, you know, you give them the, the case. That's a big deal and that a lot of people don't get. Right. They don't get that we have so many different ways you could line these words up. To see. I, you could show me a paper that you wrote the words and never tell me how you meant to write them, and I would interpret those words in a dope-ass different way. Um, That's it, Bob. You also talked about, you know, you and I are the same age. We're both 53. Uh, closer to 54 than 53. <laughs> same. Um, but you recently had a baby. So Mazel Tov on that. Um, my, my first baby. Ed. Yeah, I know. So how does it feel being being uh, a 53-year-old middle-aged new new dad? Uh, what, is, what is that experience like for you? Well, I uh, I can't say that. I, I finally go. I finally like I fought it for so long. And I finally will say out loud that, damn, I, I probably should have did it sooner. Because, wow. You know, I've fought it for so many selfish reasons of I'm out here partying, kicking. I don't want no baby. I don't want no baby mama. I don't want no payments. Blah, 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 blah. And then when you really, like, get that seed in it, oh, I get it now because I have friends who would do things. They would do things that I mean, like, I'm like, you know, such and such going on in the world. And they're like, Oh, you know, my kids, my kids, but I get it now. I get it. So, you know, I go back and tell a lot of my friends who now have grown kids. I'm like, man, all these years I was telling you, uh, you're missing out on the big party. I, I kind of get it now. Yeah. I, uh, you know, my bride and I, you know, had kids early. Uh, so, you know, our kids are all grown. I think actually my kids are your age, actually, um, but uh, because we wanted we wanted uh, this part of our life, you know, so that we could run around at this point, because, you know, even though I was running around and, and you know, with the group and obviously uh, not only as an artist, but behind the scenes with, you know, Echo and, and all the other things that I did while you guys were making records, you know, I always felt like for me, the priority was, you know, trying to figure out this family thing, you know, trying to work it out so that I could get to a point where, you know, I could still be of an age where I love, I could run around and enjoy shit. And now I'm sitting here damn near with a torn ACL. I don't know if I'm <laughs> running around anywhere. Like yeah. now I'm an old man, I'm all out of shape and like, I can't fucking move. So I, it's like, now I got to work I, on shit. I'm like, I could have, I could have gave birth to some employees or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> You see so many of the homies putting their kids to work and they they're like, I go to my dad or my mom and I know how to help them run the, the business. business. Yeah, Chuck D's daughter runs his business. Dang. You know, my my well my well my son uh works for us uh and and uh my daughter has a alt rock band, but yeah, man, like I get it. Trust me, I get it, I get it. Um <laughs> the other thing that um I wanted to 
because I've never done this for you personally or privately, but I think it's a, it's appropriate time now is that um, I never thanked you for looking out for us when we were in Oakland that one time. And, and it's, it's one of my favorite stories. I don't think I've ever told it publicly, <laughs> but uh, we were in town for a heavy D's album release party, peaceful journey. And this was the time when uh, Hammer wasn't too happy with us. And uh, we got to the party and we were told ahead of time that, you know, we were going to have some issues and all of that. And uh, I said hello to you. And uh, you said to me exactly this. You were like, sir, sit down. Ain't nobody going to fuck with you here. You good. <laughs> and I remember walking to the bathroom and Hammer had this big ass security guard that was in all those videos. He had the hair that was like all pushed back. And I ran to the bathroom thinking, oh, that's it. I'm going to catch it. Right. So if I'm going to catch it. I want to be in the bathroom, have my back to the wall, like old school style. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Because, you, you know, there's all these things you could play with in the bathroom. You could grab a paper towel. Like, <laughs> and the dude walks in and he said, nah, you good, man. You good. Don't worry about it. I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to fuck with you. I don't fuck with Hammer like that no more anyway. He, and he said, he said, plus two short told me you good. So we good. And I was like, <laughs> I ran up and I him. I at the oh. end, at the end of the day, man, um, Oakland's a really small town, and it's a lot of family ties and shit. Like you know, like sort of like like a neighborhood or something. Like you know, we it's different little rules and shit. And it's kind of like you know, as, as bad as it could be or hatred that night, you could just if you had enough weight, you could go and be like, hey, whatever, not tonight, just not tonight. Right. You don't really got to go through it. You just. Right. Like, like, all right, bro, you're going to get a knot tonight. You're good. <laughs> and I, I can't tell you how, I mean, I, I can't, I can't even front, you know, based on what we had went through in LA, how relieved I was to know that somebody had our back because it really didn't feel that way. You know what I mean? So I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, man. What do we have? Many levels. Yes. Many of like, you know, look out for me later in life. You know, it, it should just, it's a blanket. It is. That's exactly right. That's a great way. That's a great. And that's why you're a lyricist. <laughs> you got lyrics. What's coming up for 2021 once they open up the doors and let you breathe some clean air? Well, you know, um, during the quarantine, uh, I got a call from Ice Cube and E-40. And over the years, in the probably like the past, probably more than the past five years, we've been doing these, you know, these kind of old school concerts It'll be like either Snoop Dogg or Ice Cube headlining. It'll be me, E-40, sometimes it's Bone Thugs, DJ Quick. And it's like they usually call it like the um, How the West Was Won or the something that's the West Coast Kings or some shit like that. And it's always a big show and it always sells out. It's always 20,000, 30,000, whatever size of the rent is, it's sold out. So I get a call during the, the, the early part of the quarantine from um, – E40 at Ice Cube going, man, I feel like uh, we feel like uh, we should do an album, man. Like me, you, E40, it's E40 Cube, Too Short, and Snoop Dogg. And I'm like, you know, E40 and Too Short from the Bay, Snoop Dogg and Cube from LA. And we like, you know, we like the, the foundation, West Coast Foundation. And we sat there and was like, fuck it, let's do it. So we started coming up with beats. Now, me personally, I'm always in the studio. I got a bunch of young producers floating around. I, I stay tapped into my Atlanta roots, and I just 
I just keep beats like in my world. So I'm like, let's go. E40, he's always making songs. He got a bunch of beats. Cube, Snoop, Snoop Studio is 24-7. It's going. And we just started pulling up beats. And it was pretty easy. Everybody's at home quarantining. So come up with a beat. He put it in, we started group text. The beat comes on. Like, I'm fucking with it. I'm fucking with it. Let's do something with it. Somebody had come back really quick. Because we all at home. Everybody got studios. And it's a, now it's the same beat, but it got a hook on it now. And then not, we're not even really saying shit. And then that same beat pops up on the group text with an E40 verse. And then bam, bam, two more verses pop up. And I swear to God, we made 25 songs like that. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And them motherfuckers, we never once went to the studio together. Them shits, you would never even know. Them, sh- them shits sound amazing. So uh, somewhere just fucking around in the quarantine, we, we, we started a whole new thing. So we just, we about to, we about to run that into the new year as a as a package deal, man. So you know, like like kind of like the Supremes and the Temptations and Smokey Robinson and the Four Tops, Motown, keep it going, you know. Yeah, but instead of it's too shorty forty Snoop and 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 uh, an Ice Cube, which to me is way more important than any of those other groups you mentioned, because you know that's that's my that, you guys are my Supremes. Except you're Supreme, not Supremes. It's the, it's the branding mode. Yeah, no, nah, it's great. And, and is there a name for the group so far? Is it just Best of the West, or? Nah, that's the we gotta save some some some, you know. Nobody's I'm, listening. It's okay. It's just me and you. You can just tell me. Even if <laughs> at the same time, only a hundred thousand people right now listening. But there's nobody listening. You don't have to worry. Yeah, it's just me and you. Being OGs in the game and being as that, just who I named is in the group. We literally put the entire project together without any like labeled help and, you know, big dope visuals and all that shit. And then, you know, we do it, you know, the, the OG way walk in and go, okay, here's a whole fucking package deal. Who, who, who wants the shit? Right. Like or that. you can even do it better because you all got the money, do it yourself and then let the labels come to you. Now, you that's know, where the real money is. I mean, that's where the real money is. Prove it, prove it in streams and they'll pay you. Well, you know, you know, but it's it's a lot of platforms now, a lot of a lot of avenues. The guys I've named, everybody's like in plugged into corporate America. They're looking at nine other revenue streams already, and the music is the advertising. It's like you know, it's it's all thought out. It's amazing. I can't. I mean, yo, I'm so Maybe excited. OGs in hip hop can do this. I'm I'm loving. I'm literally loving like you know watching a uh, Fat Joe just never the, with the never ending career. I'm loving this shit, man. I talked to Eric Sermon the other day, man. He sent me some funky ass beats. I'm like, this, this shit. We, we, this. I've never had a other other job. It's just hip hop. Yeah, no, I, right, right there with you though. I, I'm a little more behind the scenes than all of y'all, but I've never, I never had a nine to five, you know, uh, since 1988. So because I of, get it because of hip hop. Everything I have, everything I have is because of hip hop. I owe hip hop everything. My my okay. wife, my Back children. To the ageism. In our genre of music, when we finally, you know, or the more we just little bit just kind of appreciate the the far ends of it and everything in between it, it'll get better. It's already it's already great. I wish you nothing but success with this best of the West project with you and 40 and or as I love to call them 40 water mm-hmm. uh, and 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 
and Short Dog and and uh, and Snoop and and Cube. That's gonna sound amazing. And uh, and again, Mazel Tov on being a new dad. Enjoy that. Enjoy that parenthood, man. It goes really fast. You're gonna blink and 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 soon day soon that kid's gonna be an employee. Watch. Yeah, I was, I was talking to my buddy today. He's like, my daughter just turned seventeen. She calls me and says, "Hi, you got some money." <laughs> Well, I'm out of that tax bracket. My kids all work. So they <laughs> Yo, dude, the craziest shit is when you put zero dependence on your tax return. That's the craziest day. When you put how many tax dependents you have beside yourself, and then you got one, and then two, and then three, and then four, and then five, and then last year was zero. <laughs> was, wow. That was the moment where I'm like, all right, I made it. I made it. I don't have any more dependents. It's just me and my bride. You know, uh, so so it is a uh, it is a wonderful experience, and I'm glad that you're in the right place today. And I and I really I got to commend you, brother. Like you really did the best. You did it the right way. Whether you waited or not, you did it the right way because you were ready. You knew you were ready, exactly. and that's when you had kids. And now you can be the best father you can be. Yes, sir. That's what I'm doing, man. Good to see anyway, you. Good to see you too. Too short, short dog. Have a happy and a healthy brother. Happy Hanukkah. I'll send right, you yeah. a menorah and we got some gifts coming to you as well, man. Thank you for joining the show, brother. Peace. Bye, right, man. Hi, right, man. Short Dog. I got to thank Short Dog for, for doing that. Wow, that was an exclusive. I'm going to have to uh, run, run tell that. Um, before we leave, there's some things I need to put you up on. What do you got? Hold on. I feel like I'm really far away from my microphone. That's a problem. No, you sound good right now. Let's put them up on some things. Mm. I'm going to do my little weeble dance right now. Thank you. I put you on. I put you on. I put you on. Know that. I put you on. I put you on. Know that. Know that. I put you on. All right. So the first thing I'm going to put you on is to a ongoing cameo poll. Um, now, here's the thing. So, and this doesn't happen a lot because there's not a lot of you who give a fuck that I'm still alive. <laughs> so um, I did get a couple of requests for the holidays that said, hey, would you mind doing a shout out, giving somebody the gas face for Christmas, for Hanukkah, blah, 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 all of that. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to put up a poll. And see if people really think I should do this cameo thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I put up this poll. Can we show the, uh, the you poll? You told me please? I wasn't, didn't have to pull it up. I said, I hold on. Let me get this up there. Yeah, I changed my mind. Put oh, it up there. All right. Hold on. Anyway, so the question is, should I do a cameo? And what the, um, the thought process is for cameo. One was corny AF, um, cool but I. Uh, one is, it's cool, and that's dope. And as you can see, uh, so far, what is winning is it's cool, which doesn't really feel like a... Well, that's winning, but if you combine the positive and the negative, it's really a tight race. Yeah, I guess. Like, it's cool and that dope. that's dope. If you combine that, you've got, like, 57. Right. Actually, and it's I, but not lit, is... If you add that in there, you're you're all positive. Yeah. There's only twelve yeah. percent truly negative. But you see, but it's not. But 
it's I not lit doesn't really mean I should put a lot of energy into it. Like there's a lot of people that put energy into the into right. the holidays and, and really do that. So anyway, I pinned it to the top of my Twitter. So if you want to vote or give me your two cents on that. Um, the other thing is I want to give a shout out to um, someone who uh, on their Spotify, we were their number one uh, pick or number one music fan. So shout out to this beautiful person. Thank you so much. 407 minutes of the year was spent with listening to Third Base on Spotify. Um, if you know this person or have this person's information, please get me their information. I'm going to send them a T-shirt as a thank you uh, for the holidays. Uh, so I wanted to put you up on that. Uh, and um, I think there was one other thing. Is there one other thing? That I said yeah, and I, I can't think. Oh, Seth Rogen. Is that his name? Yes. So here's my idea. <laughs> yes, if please. you don't want to do the cameos, maybe he can do them for you as MC Search. Well, that would be another thing because this is what came up with his homeboy. Just put this up today. This is the new third base. Uh, <laughs> this is the new third base. Uh, as you can see, there's me in the, in the front with a beard. I look good with a beard. Uh, yeah. Daddy Rich looking young as ever. Pete Nice looking strong. Uh, so that's the new third base. Now I'm contemplating totally stealing this shit and making T-shirts and and just doing some straight Canal Street African hookup <laughs> on those shirts <laughs> for the holidays. Uh, but no, no, no. Shout out to Peralta and all of that. And also, last but not least, a big shout out to uh, the Uber uh, executive producer, Brian Koppelman, who said that... Uh, Every time Donald Trump comes out, Pop Goes the Weasel should play. Um, I should have <laughs> sent you that, too. So shout out to Brian Koppelman. I love Billions, by the way. It's a great show. And uh, if you see me get a walk on, it's a direct correlation to that. Um, anyway, we're working on some big shows to end out the year now that we have an executive producer who can actually do his job as opposed to Pumice who focuses oh, on I, other things. I actually talked to him today about anyway. this. I even said... This is such a weight off my shoulders. It's something that I can't actually do. Stu Weiser said, no! I think that's I because Too Short was done. I know. He was I leaving. Know. I know. I, I know. I'm just kidding. And I said, uh, Nate, it's good that we have you because I can't do this. Eric Stickner, man, I love this show. Every time it's like hanging out with old friends. Thanks, Serge. Eric, it is truly my pleasure. We love y'all. And uh, let's see, Ella Smith, thank you for being an inspiration to the Bay Area, singer-songwriter. I love it. Yes, Ella, he is definitely that guy. Um, I, I can't really, I don't want to say this other, blow the whistle and shake that. I can't, ugh, I hate when people use that word to <laughs> talk about female genitalia. Ugh, I don't, I don't like that. Uh, let's see what Sean says. Um, oh, well, we couldn't do that. We should have asked him. Sorry. Um, let's see what Javi says. Javi, shout out from H-Town. Thank you, brother. Um, anyway, so thank you for all your, your posts and comments. We appreciate all of y'all. Um, man, that's big news. That is really big news um, about that <laughs> West Coast Supergroup. That's kind of a out, powerhouse man. album. <clears throat> no, that's going to be amazing. Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, E-40, and Short Dog. That's, I mean, that's, that's going to be amazing. We're definitely going to have to get that, that, those words over to, uh, to our homegirl, uh, yeah. hip hop BX for the exclusive. Um, all right. We're going to get out of here, man. We will see you next week. Um, in the words of my beautiful wife, Chantel, who's super pissed at me right now. 
Uh, please remember throughout your day to say what you mean and mean that what seems you like say. A, that seems like a story in and of itself. Yeah, we're not going to you there. later. <laughs> if someone tells you to have a good day, please turn around and say, no, you have a better one because whatever you want for me, I want twice as much for you. And please, please just remember, if you don't have an agenda in this life, someone will give you one. And it might not be nice. Always have a plan. Pumice, anything to add? No, I'm good. Thanks. Nate Bell, how did I do? That's what I thought. Thumbs up, my Thumbs. friend. Thank you, brother. <laughs> All right, we'll see y'all next week. And just remember to catch the podcast. Go to our YouTube channel, Search Says Podcast, and Spotify and all your other DSPs where you love your favorite podcast. Keep listening, people. We'll see you next week.